welcome to another episode of Over the Bridge and Yabba Dabba Ding Dong. I'm Andy Warbler and this is episode 7 of the show in which we discuss each of the Red Hot Chili Peppers albums episode by episode. And now we are at album 7, episode 7, it's Californication. California. So, <laughs> yeah. This is, um, I'm hoping, look, the last album kind of fucking wrecked me a bit. Um, I'm hoping we get back to, back to life, back to reality a bit, this one, uh, with Californication, because, um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this album. Uh, this was kind of like, I look at it now as if, for me, this is peak Chili Peppers. Um, yeah, it was the first album I, I really listened to of theirs and I would say even though there's albums that obviously came prior to this and albums that come after this uh, they've all felt like a bit of a series of diminishing returns compared to this one um well I wouldn't necessarily put it in my best ever albums uh as in like albums that I like I would come back to this album now and again but it's not compared to some other albums of artists I listen to it's not, I don't know if I'd categorise it as a sort of a, something that would be worthy of a desert island disc. Desert Ireland even, if you will. Um, but yeah, so this, this is going to be, um, I'm hoping, a much more positive episode than the last. Because I was really hyped for the last one and then it was a fall from... A fall from, I don't say grace, because that doesn't make sense, but certainly... A fall from the expectations and yeah it kind of I think the last album really just opened up a kind of a some issues for me uh where I just sort of felt like how many of this how many of these artists how many of the Chili Peppers albums do I actually really like I kind of was aware of that I was aware I wasn't gonna be like this podcast was not gonna make me fawning over the band um but that one, I think I was like, oh, I think I, I think I secretly, uh, not secretly, but I, I thought I low key liked that last album before I went to listen to it again, and then I realized I actually never really gelled with it, or, you know, even even then, whenever I got the album, I didn't gel with it, but it seemed even more, uh, it stood out to me more how I didn't. Anyway, so this time we're gonna move to Californication but we are going to sort of um welcome back somebody from the fold or into the fold even and that's John Frusciante who comes back on guitar duties I'm not sure what time he like maybe it was six o'clock when he came back into the band but I mean in terms of year I know this album was a 99 release and actually I'll touch on that in a little bit but um you know I uh I'm not sure when they started recording this album um but uh yeah i i really i think you know we'll uh keep this as a side a side b kind of discussion obviously getting uh, before that the album artwork and my memories of this album and i'll probably dip into some non-sequitur kind of stuff and just be like oh yeah i remember when i listened to this song blah blah blah, blah because why not um yeah so let's get into it i'm just gonna get into the album artwork first the more I see, the more I see, the more I see. I would say, like, the, the album artwork for this one, it's, 
it's kind of such a test of time. I mean, I, I guess the funny thing about this album, I'll get into this later on, it is a late 90s album, but by all means, I think it's, I think the album itself is aged fairly okay. Um, but so has the album artwork, which I'm just going to focus on right now. Um, it's probably the most, um, you know, compared to everything that's come before, it's probably the most mature and modest artwork yet. Um, I will say, um, who, who did the artwork on this? I will say that, um, and I'm really just going to talk about the cover. Um, actually, I will talk about something on the back of the, on the CD sleeve. But um, it's actually probably everywhere, the vinyl and cassette and... And mini disc, our good old friend mini disc. I wonder was there a mini disc release of this actually? Um, so art direction on this one was the the band and the guy called Lawrence Azarad. So um, I feel like Larry here maybe was maybe he just directed it rather than did the actual final design of it. But it is a little bit of um, it is a bit like somebody doing something with Photoshop because it's kind of like the where the swim pool was now it's um the sky a very very uh, red sky and then the water is up in the, the the pool i don't know if it's actually i also felt like the water that was in the sky wasn't actually the water from the pool but um and um it's just basically inverted but it just feels like somebody kind of learned photoshop and learned how to mask things and put a different layer on top and i'm getting into other stuff here but you know i'm not going to criticize it for being um very i would say it's almost minimally photoshop it's just like two things flipped over as far as in general i mean even though i don't think that water is the water from the um the pool uh but yeah i i generally like the album cover it's um is it saying that you know things are upside down i don't know or is it kind of the band inverting expectations maybe you know i would certainly say this this album has, while well, I mentioned, what album did I mention that has a bit of a crossover, like a transition album, maybe it was Mother's Milk. Um, see, I can't even remember now, but this definitely has, this definitely was a transition album in terms of a, a crossover. Um, certainly, I felt like there was some sort of transition to something else in one hot minute, but just didn't work whereas yeah anyway i'm getting into the the actual album itself but i want to continue on about the artwork because on the back of the cd sleeve and uh, there's a it's a group a photo and it's before the band are going on stage or so it seems and uh I never noticed until now that another photographer taking a picture of them it's a guy that's just above what seems to be um Fashanti's head but over to the left hand side of that there's um some polygon crates so obviously they were doing a gig around the time maybe a festival and uh maybe Lollapalooza or something and that's that's the album artwork that's it folks i know this album came out in 99 i need to look up when it came out in 99 but i did get it i think in september october of that year and it's funny i've been thinking knowing i was doing this um episode you know, a lot of music I listened over the years, a lot of artists are 90s bands. I mean, so technically, 
Ginger Peppers aren't a 90s band. But even when I think about the likes of someone like Metallica, you know, they weren't a 90s band, but two of their albums from that era, actually, even the, because they, they did three studio albums uh, during the 90s, Metallica did, and then there's the Garage Inc. Um, kind of covers album, and then there's the Symphony Metallica album. A lot of those have a very 90s feel, and yeah, some, some of that is down to the album material which they released during that time. But this album, even though it's, it's, it's kind of, I keep thinking, is this the last great album of the 90s? For me. I'm not, like, obviously somebody else said no. Um, but like, of 99, there wasn't much. I certainly kind of have, like, I think throughout most of the 90s, there were great albums. Albums I still come back to. Um, some more often, some more than others, rather. Um, this album... Is it the, like, you know, 1999, I can't say to my mind was a, oh, there's brilliant albums coming out in 99. I just, there wasn't much. It kind of felt like, you know, so, like, there was this, like, for me, there was this, there was, that Symphony Metallic album is good. It's, I actually probably listen more than I did at the time, but, um, I listen more now, but, um. I can't remember much other, there's a, <laughs> this is very 90s, but there's an Alanis Morissette Unplugged album that came out, which again, that's a live uh, thing, but I quite enjoyed that. But this was the last studio album that came out in, to me, what was quite um, a transformative decade in terms of music. Um, um, transformative? Yeah, I think that's a good word. Um, so this is the last kind of album for me that kind of came out in the 90s that had any major impact from that you know from that decade I you know there's still albums coming out in the early 2000s that had a very 90s kind of sound but but this actually speaking of that this doesn't really have a 90s I can't say with uh, this album like whereas I would say One Hot Minute had some very grunge type things to it or you know that alternative MTV era kind of sound this doesn't you know, it definitely, it definitely rocks, but it doesn't have something I would say that kind of um, makes sound. Oh, this is definitely a nineties sound. Um, and oddly enough, actually, when Blood Sugar Sex Magic came out in ninety one, that didn't really have I would say uh, a nineties sound. I mean, one half minute does have some of those things. Um. So yeah, when I when I got into this album, like um. This was I bought this off the back of a live recording, um, that the band did for that. I don't know if it was a tour or warm gig, but I I link it up on on my social media. Um, but they were playing it in Rotterdam, I believe, and it was for this album, but it was kind of a it wasn't a big gig, an indoor, um, gig, and they played some songs off this some Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And I think I mentioned it played me and my friends as well. And um, Soul to Squeeze. And that was like, look, those two outlier kind of songs. And then songs from Californication of Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic. This is the album I went with. You know, I bought on the back of that. And I generally, like, I generally really got into this album. Like, this was my, my touchstone Chili Peppers album. And... 
like I said, you know, I've listened to other albums of theirs since. Obviously, I've listened for this podcast, but and I wouldn't say this made me diehard fan. I think if every album was, and I don't mean like this album sonically, but if it had the same impact, the, the Shitty Peppers. If there was at least another album or two that had as big as an impact for me as this one did, I would consider myself a big, big fan. Whereas I'm, you know, the some of the material and I, you know, some of the material the band produced afterwards and beforehand, I just wasn't into whether beforehand the, the funk stuff was just a bit maybe just too funky. That, that was a crime. It was just a funky crime, funky crime. But um. And then some of the albums afterwards, I feel like, I feel like this is peak Chili Peppers. You know, this is, this culminating, the best sounds they have from before and then going forward, this is, you know, it's the cream of everything in terms of that. And then there's some, like there's some good stuff afterwards as far as I'm concerned, but this is the peak of the band, um, to my mind. So, yeah, I'm just going to see now, like, when I look at the track listing here, I mean, when I listened to this album first, I'd already been familiar with a couple of the songs. I didn't even realise when I heard Scar Tissue was a Chili Pepper song. Again, at the time, I wasn't really a fan. I just kind of associated them as one of those kind of fun, crazy type bands. And Scar Tissue is a pretty chilled out. It's chilled out chilies. But, um, and I'd heard Around the World. I think Around the World was the one that made me want to get the album. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I think, like, around the world, um, just start with the track list and just, just talk about my, if I have any memories of these songs. I'm actually, this is the first time I think I'm doing something where I can say most of these songs have some sort of a, have some, uh, anecdote or maybe not anecdote, but just, like, thoughts and around the world's a, you know, it was a, it was a great song. It, it still sounds, to my, I haven't listened to it. For this yet, I'm I'm going to re-review the songs afterwards, but I'm just going to do my you know original take take on the, the material here around the world. Great song, I mean, I did listen to it some time ago before I even put on this podcast or start this podcast, and I'm going to address this elephant in the room. But the uh, it's the Mickey Rooney Breakfast at Tiffany's moment in this uh, song, and if you know that that reference, I uh, you know I'm talking about the. Uh, Ding dong, ding ding dong, dong dong dong, ding dong dong. It's just a bit problematic in this day and age, but you know, look. Actually, when I say in this day and age, it probably was a bit problematic in that day and age as well. Um, it's just a really, <laughs> it's typical of, uh, Anthony to run out of something and just kind of do something, but also for it to sound so uh, potentially cut. Well, it does sound a bit culturally offensive, no, no, but um. Great song. It's a it's a great it's a great single, but it's also a great start to the album. It, you know, from my mind. Um. Anyway, I I'm not. I'll get into the re-review later if I have anything to pick on, uh, or pick up on. Parallel Universe was when I listened to it. I was like, when I heard that song coming on afterwards, I was like, this song, fucking rocks. This was like, this was the first big rock song. Um. I think this is the biggest rock song on the album, but when I heard this song, I was like, oh, I really like Around the World. I really, really like this song. Um, Scar Tissue, chilled out. I remember going to see the band live and people singing along to this and everybody singing out tune when it gets to the end of the chorus. Um, other side is that big, feely, kind of 
it almost feels like a power ballad. Um, but I remember jamming to that a lot. Get on top. Uh, just had a nice uh, vibe to it. Um, I think it was one of those deeper. To me, it felt like a deeper cut that I got into more as time went on. Californication. Everybody knows Californication. Uh, uh, the live version on that that YouTube that Rotterdam thing. It's an excellent song. Um, sounds much better on that live capture. At least the, the solo does because. <laughs> I always thought Californication the solo was and the you know the studio version was always a bit it's always a bit piss poor to be honest with you. Uh easily. Yeah, fine. I mean I'm actually just gonna run through this because I'm afraid I'm gonna get into an actual proper review and then I'm gonna repeat myself in the re-review. Who knows? Um porcelain I mean I think come when we get to easy and porcelain they're a bit more slowed down a bit. Emma Remus, great song. I liked her, it's okay. Velvet Glove might be the weakest songs either that or Purple Stain for me they're the weakest ones Saviour yeah um I remember the time I kind of got a weird Tin Lizzy vibe off it I don't know why because maybe it was I don't know vocally I felt like that at the time um Right on Time is one of those type filler type songs but it it's not too bad actually and I still remember it maybe because I played the, the album to death at the time and then Road Tripping which is a great end of the album at the time. I say at the time, I think it still is. Um that one reminded me of Crowded House actually a little bit. Um it's a particular Crowded House song, I can't think of it now, but at the time I remember thinking it sounded like Crowded House. And yeah, do I have any other well, I wouldn't even say that was necessarily anecdotal. Um although which one which one is the one that's kind of a bit like I put my middle finger in. Which one is that? I'm, I sound like I'm high now. I'm not. Um, oh, come on. Where are you? Purple stain, is it? Oh, yeah. The finger paint is not a sin. I think I put my middle finger in. Your monthly blood is what I win. Anyway, the only reason I bring this up now is because I remember years ago. Uh, my brother was having a dinner party, and uh, like nobody else knows, but me being the sort of music nerd, was like, I don't know if this song is, you know, this album was playing in the background. It was the, the back half of this album, which, you know, I'll get into later on, but Chill's thing is down fairly considerable, considerable from the first half. But uh, I remember just hearing the, those lyrics, and just while the, the album wasn't blaring, it was on the background, I was like, <laughs> As a teenager, like, oh, this song's about fingering. But obviously, side A begins with Around the World. And I think side A ends with... Porcelain. And then side B begins with Emmett Remus and ends with Road Trippin'. So, yeah, I'm going to hit play on side A and let's get into it. Okay, we start with Around the World. I mean, this song, it's, a, it's such a good opener. It brings a smile to my face. Um, 
And you know what? I know I went through a bit of a run through with some of these songs before, and just you know, before I hit play on this, and it's like, oh, you know, and that's usually the kind of the sort of anecdotal or just what this song feels like. But I kind of feel like when I listen to the present, it still feels fresh while bringing back those, you know, some of those, you know, various thoughts I've had, you know, not even thoughts throughout the years with the album, but just just nice bits I really like. So. It's all going to become a little bit intertwined, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But, you know, I listen to this song. It's just so direct. It's so, t- like, the musicianship is so tight. Um, everybody's just bringing their A game. Okay, look, sometimes lyrics, I will say, you know, the Chili's are criticised often for having dumb lyrics. And I don't know. Like, you know, I kind of think sometimes one, even, and this, this is how I feel sometimes about albums as well. If there's a, an album I really like, despite a couple of songs I'm not mad about, eventually they just become part of the furniture. And, you know, the overall aesthetic is really good. So I'm not trying to say I hate, I don't even hate the lyrics in this, but there is a couple of things I'll bring up that I always thought were a bit goofy, but I think that's, look, that's kind of part and parcel the Chili's a lot of the time but I guess what I'm also trying to say is that I forgive it all on, on songs like this because everything else is so good it brings up anything that it's not even a weak link but I suppose I'm listening to this with a bit more of um, a critical ear um, but it's really hard I, I really can't criticise this song um, I've always loved how and to this day the harmonies, John's harmonies, the, the layered harmonies sound so sound so fresh, so lush, um perfect. Where I think in latter times, and I don't necessarily mean throughout this album, but other stages of the band's career or later stages. Um because I don't feel like the harmonies were really there in full effect before, but you know, they're brought to the fore from this album onwards. Um, but they're perfect here. Um, it's a really upbeat song. Um, I think, com- you know, contrast with stuff in one hot minute, which I don't think overall was an upbeat album. But I also don't think, I think a lot of the songs just sort of um, had no scope or sort of direction. And this, like, if this is... um often said that you know an awful lot of albums can start out with not necessarily a song that says everything else is going to sound like this but this is our mission statement and it feels like this is the mission statement definitely here it's just like look the songs are going to be direct we're in this there's heart and soul gone into this um i will say i've always there's a couple of lines there you know things i I didn't really notice much before, but, well, certainly one, I never really, I just thought it was kind of a little goofy throwaway thing, but uh, I think it's after the third course, uh, Anthony's ding, ding, dong, 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 ding, ding, dong, ding. That's the, that's the Mickey Rooney Breakfast at Tiffany's part of the song. Um, it's just a little bit, um, it's a little bit yeesh right now. It's like, oof. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, 
it's not exactly um maybe all that cool to be doing that kind of thing i mean maybe that's not what he's going for but kind of sounds like that's what he's going for um and i always thought the line um take a wife because life is beautiful sometimes i've kind of sang that to myself but inverted a bit and went Sometimes I just sang that bit, <laughs> just inverted and just went, take a life because wife is beautiful. And that makes no sense, but it's kind of fine because the song, some of the lyrics don't make sense. So I was like, yeah, well, you know, it kind of just put a slightly different tone on things, you know, around the world and take a life because wife is beautiful. What? Parallel Universe is track two, and I often think, like, if you're going to have a real rocking album why not go with a up tempo one two punch um yeah it's, this is I, I feel like this is probably one of the band's heaviest songs not just at this particular point but further on i just i just think it's one of the it's one of their heaviest and it's one of their best and that kind of caliber um I remember hearing this song when, when I bought the album. I wasn't driving, driving at the time. Generally, my sister was, and uh, yeah, it's. She put this album on the CD player. I don't know why she did because she never liked it. Like generally, her taste music differed from mine. But this song was on, and I I don't know. I kind of got the impression she might like the song, but it definitely is a driving song. I feel like it's one of those songs that you find yourself. Pushing down the pedal on, on the accelerator without realising it. And yeah, I mean, I'm not condoning that, but I'm just saying it's just one of those songs. And I even think there's albums, and I don't necessarily mean that they associate driving music with speed or like in terms of up tempo rockers, but there's certain albums I do think lend themselves to certain times of day or certain ways of listening, headphone albums, driving albums. Um, I do actually think this album is a bit of a driving album, um, which I know this song sees up tempo, but I think later songs, it does like, and not just because there's a song called Road Tripping in it, but I do think there's a, there's a diverse kind of a, it's a, to me this album, and I know I'm not like, I'm going to give my overall thoughts once I finish listening, but to me this album is very much a, a sunny day, window down, um, leisurely drive until the second track where you're just gonna floor it and um i don't know go through a go through a field and do donuts or whatever um we're back on parallel universe um like there's there's a bit i i think it's such a such a great song and you know there's um i think it's after the second after the second course there's actually a repeat of that course the course repeats second time around and it's just at the one minute 50 mark um if i cannot include it in the background here of this particular bit but um there's a kind of a you know anthony sings it does the chorus once and it comes back in just before it comes in there's a guitar snarl it's what i call a snarl <laughs> and it's just it just sounds brilliant um it's just it's just these little things that 
you know, you know you love an album when you go back to pick it up, like pick up things that you hadn't heard before. And even that sometimes happens albums you don't necessarily like, but you know, and this is something I've often been I've often heard in the song, but I just thought I remember those little bits and those little takeaways, just little little details. But again, like the last song, it's direct. I think a lot of songs on this album, yeah, and there is a couple of songs I don't like. It's not all going to be loving, but are songs I'm not that keen on. But generally, I like each of the songs have shape. I don't. I didn't feel like that with One Hot Minute. Apologies to One Hot Minute fans. I just didn't feel it. But um, yeah, the songs here, whether I liked them or not, they all have a. Like they're all memorable to some way. Now that might have, that might be because I've listened to the album a lot more than I listened to One Hot Minute. But um, yeah, that's just how I feel. And also the song ends with like, um, just instrumental breakdown at the end, um, for a minute. And you know, well done because they they don't end on a fade out. They they know how to end the song. Sometimes fade outs, I've mentioned fade outs, but sometimes it's just great just to hear a song, just kind of. They just put a full stop on it. Um, and there's a nice... Um, I mentioned guitar snarl, but there's also a vocal kind of weird snarl as well. Just before that vocal or that instrumental breakdown uh, fully goes in uh, by Anthony. And I, I don't often remember hearing hear him doing stuff like that, but it's it's great here. And yeah, it's a great song. It's um it's very easy to call this... Um, I don't know if I'd say it's very easy, but you know... He calls it a driving album. You know, when you have song titles like Road Trippin' or a song like Scar Tissue where, I mean, the video and even the lyrics, the imagery of it, you know, evoke the road and, you know, driving and all that jazz. But um, this this is a, this was a, oh, this is the lead single. And it's a, it's a great song. It wasn't actually, when I first heard this, I didn't actually realise it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers because my uh, 90s rock foundation wasn't that strong until, well actually just at the very cusp of like 1999, but at this particular time I'd, I'd known the band for some of the songs off um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, but um, like the hits, the hits you know, but um so when I heard this, I was, I was a bit like, oh, okay. It was a bit more chilled out than I expected or thought of what, what I expected their music to sound like based on two or three songs I heard prior. And um, I um, I don't know, even the production just had a bit of a sheen to it. But um, yeah, like, look, I, I really like this song. It's It has the best of both worlds and it's, it's, it's catchy catchy radio play without being too intense um, as a rock song and it's um, it's still a reputable enough entry in her catalogue there's nothing I don't find the song veers too much into um, you know too much into mainstream uh, territory uh, for the your generic radio play but um you know, and aside from what I was saying about the road, uh, the road album or the driving album, I mean, well, I had my um, my first job as a, I worked in a grocery store, supermarket, and um, on certain, usually on 
Fridays and maybe Saturdays I'd be going with the the grocery supermarket delivery driver going to just you know neighborhoods and places in my local town or you know my surrounding area that I'd never been to before which in and of itself doesn't mean it came to some great adventure it was just areas I was never in and this song was playing on the radio a lot this song along with what else was playing um Who's that living the Vida Loca guy? Uh, Ricky, Ricky Martin? Was that it? Yeah. And Whitney Houston's Your Love Is My Love. <laughs> so they were the three songs I heard a lot around this time. Um, I'm sure there was other ones. Oh yeah, and Sixpence and Under Richer. That was a big song around the time as well. But um, yeah, so this song kind of, you know, on those sunny days going to neighbourhoods that I, to be honest with you, some of them were dodgy as fuck and others were like really up, you know, super, well maybe not super upper class, but just um, this place that I was like, you know, because where I'm from is out in the sticks and my local town while, you know, I had friends there, there are certain places we, we never it was never on our route. It's a bit like when you're commuting to and from work. Obviously, people aren't commuting so much these days. But, you know, you kind of have, you know, home, work, home, work. And, you know, obviously, in your off time, you go to different places. But even if you're in a big city, you know, your route rarely changes. In my case, work did bring me to a couple of places. Um, what has this got to do with the song? Not much other than it's just a little anecdote. But look, it's a nice song. Um, I always forget the chorus, as in, not how it goes, but the... The lyrics and even there I was like you know it's, the birds I'll share this lonely view I always I don't know it always sounded like something indecipherable that I was like I don't know why I'm putting shush in front of everything the other side always felt like it was a really um I say important song but certainly I felt like I connected to it on a kind of a like heart and sleep kind of way and still sort of I get where that came from I think it's a lot to do with the music and the backup vocals uh, kicking in maybe halfway through the song I don't really know what the lyrics are about though so I kind of and I mean look that's the kind of perennial question with a lot of songs what are the what are the lyrics are really about that's whatever you want them to be about but um ultimately unless you know a, a songwriter won't necessarily always get into their, what a song is about they want to leave it open to interpretation, but um, <laughs> even so, listen to this, I'm kind of like, yeah, musically, yeah, I, I get that there's something I was, you know, very much holding on and but lyrically, I'm just like, yeah, I, do I, do I get, do I think it's all about the music, and it kind of bumped up the lyrics in terms of, not that the lyrics are necessarily poor, it's just a little bit nonsensical, but, um, yeah, this was probably on stage the most played song of the album for me uh, back in the day. I really, uh, I really um, clung on to this song, um, and it's, it's still a great song. Um, as it's funny, it's one of those songs that I really, really dug. Obviously, if I played it a lot, and then I gathered or heard that it was a uh, not heard, but I knew it was released as a single and. For me, kind of, it was. It's one of those songs that 
it's almost like I enjoyed it as a sort of a, a deeper cut of the album. It's going to come across so snobby, but it came, I enjoyed it as a deeper cut. Then when they released as a single, and I don't know if it did necessarily that well as a single. I know there's a video, but I don't know necessarily if it had the same, um, if it made as much waves as say scar tissue or around the world. But um, you know, at a kind of was like. Not that I really cared so much after as a single, but I was kind of surprised when I heard it was a single because I was like, oh, there's that really, really good album cut that I really enjoy. And now it's a single, but I didn't make it. And I don't know, I, I guess there's an awful lot of albums I like that where a lot of songs aren't necessarily single um, material. Um, and sometimes you can identify when you listen to an album and you're like, oh yeah, that's, you know, without even, if you can avoid Wikipedia or knowledge of, a, of an artist, you're like, yeah, that's that's probably the single off. Yeah, that's one of the singles. But, um, I don't know. It's just, a, it's just a weird one, isn't it? Um, isn't it? What do you think? Um, yeah, just, just a really good, um, it's almost like, um, Kind of, it's almost like a power ballad in a way. Um, I guess just because it has a lot of that rock and roll heart to it. But um, and yeah, also like like a parallel universe. Um, it, you know, listen to this track two and track four, like. There's definitely a feeling that this is a bit more of a straight-ahead rock album than what, you know what the band had done previously, and I don't mean just the last record prior to this. But it, there's less of a funk sound so far, and while that wasn't in every track throughout all the other albums, it was there, and it was kind of it was usually there within the first three or four tracks, I'd argue, but so far it hasn't really come about in this uh, in this listen so far I mean I say in this listen like it's going to change but just listen to it now with the context of the previous albums it, it just feels like they've kind of neutered that a little bit so I said about the funk being neutered and then we have a get on top which kind of uh, uh, upturns that slightly but I, I still think there's funk elements to the song but I don't actually I don't really feel like you know it's a funk song. I kind of like. I don't say it's this type of song or that type of song, but I don't look at this song and I can't really say, "Ah, oh, yes, this is just like whatever," you know, from like funk type stuff. It feels more like um, a hybrid of different kind of things, but it doesn't feel like one particular uh, element. Whereas some of the funk songs, it was like if it was a recipe. It was mostly funk in certain songs and maybe a little bit of other stuff, pop, uh, rock, whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, this song is it's good. It's, it always, this song always, like, um, it's probably the first song on the, on the, on the playlist or on the, on the track list so far that's kind of like, a little bit lesser than what came before because I feel like those top four stand out really strong. This song isn't like 
I wouldn't call it weak, it's just slightly below the heights of those previous four. Um, it always struck me that this song sounded like, I mean, it would have been in a trailer for kind of a buddy cop action movie, like something like Bad Boys or uh, Rush Hour, or something that is action but there's also romance and comedy and drugs. Your classic mix. Um, and I could just imagine this playing during the, you know, a trailer uh, while there's cars drive, you know, zooming out buildings or something like that. And I say buildings, I don't mean out of like a door, I mean out, smashed out of a window or something like that. Like of a showroom or something, I don't know. I'm going to write a movie about this. Um, yeah, song is, song is fine. Um, I always thought he said Concilla. He says Contilla. So it's con- I always wondered was Contilla supposed to be like some sort of a uh, woman Godzilla? Um, yeah, I'm kind of going there with this. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's it's a, it's sort of a again look. It's sort of a lyrically goofy kind of thing, but you know, it's it's a bop and. Um, can't help but, you know, move to it or tap your foot, whatever. You know, it's a it's a good song. It's a good um it keeps the tempo up. It keeps the pacing up. It doesn't necessarily mean that the tempo has to, you know, if it slows down or anything, that's bad. It just it's still it's still a really good song and you know, what's this? It's track five and yeah, it's it's a bit like I said, it's just a little bit lesser than the other songs that came before, but still, you know, we're we're going good. Californication um of the singles that I mentioned there in terms of how they stacked up against or how other side as a single stacked up. I forgot about Californication. And that's probably the um it's probably between that and um scar tissue probably the biggest um singles from this album um i um i like californication enough but yeah admittedly even on this listen like you know it's one of those songs that kind of i got fed up of um easily um no pun intended um it's just, it's a bit of a snooze, it's not so much a snooze fest, I think it's just one of those songs that I just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of have to listen to it, and it's not necessarily a bad song, it's actually probably, certainly, of what we've listened to so far, it's definitely one of those songs that I kind of feel like, it just, it feels a bit static to me, and I know from that, um, live show that I mentioned earlier um the song came alive a lot more and the solo as well sounded better um it's just one of those songs where the the record the studio recording at least this take it's fine but I don't know it's it kind of it's just a bit of a slog I find this song to be honest with you I I like I like the general you know the vibe throughout and you know the whole californication thing this is where obviously you know it's the title track but also it's kind of i think it was the um 
following on from this, a lot of but you know, those California jokes where the chilies came about is more prevalent when when you call your album, you know, something like Californication, and then you release other songs that California in the name, and them. it's just oh, those are the guys who always do California, and there might be only a few songs, um, that literally mention California, but anyway, but I think. A lot of that had to do with the success of the song because people knew the song really well. Um, and I mentioned about the solo as well. I, I generally think this is probably one of the worst solos. Um, not that I'm ranking solos in terms of which is the best, which is the worst. When I was hearing this solo uh, by John and this, I'm just like, I don't know. It's just, ugh. It's just, it's just a bit, like, some of it is okay. Some of the solo is okay. And other bits, I'm just a bit like, Oh, and even the even the the backup vocals that you know the harmonies just don't do for me. It's just it's it's not a terrible song. I can still listen to it, but I'm just kind of it's a song I completely kind of not completely, but I kind of I drop in and out. Of. The, you know the one bit I always like the um you know. Space may be the final frontier was made in the Hollywood basement. You know, stuff like that is kind of cool. Um, there is one lyric that I, you know, I always thought about, which is, Cobain, can you hear the spheres sing songs from station to station? I always wondered what that meant. I mean, obviously it's not Kurt Cobain, but admittedly years ago I used to think it was about the Foo Fighters, only because I was like, uh, their second album... Um, the Foo Fighters second album had like um, the cover just had like this kind of a object or kind of almost like a structure in front of it with kind of iron bars going across or seemed like iron bars and spheres so that was my uh, my take on that uh, easily um kind of I always got this one mixed up with get on top not necessarily because they sounded altogether similar but it was that sort of a Dylan McDermott Dermot Mulroney uh whoever the other Dermot is actors it they just <laughs> well, that's more of a name thing but it's just the, the two songs kind of I was like oh I knew one of them was the you know they're both uh Opposite ends of her Californication as the song, the single sat. Um, and I always felt like they were interchangeable because they're kind of, I would say it's similar exactly, but they're kind of, they're kind of upbeat, but there's, they don't really, uh, they don't really, uh, they're not bad. They're just the same type of song in a way, in my uh, general feeling in, it's fine. It's. Uh, I mean, I still like them both better than Californication. At least it didn't outstay the welcome, and you know, that's more you know, through how I feel about it. But it's a, uh, it's an okay song. I probably like if I'm going to pick either of those two. I probably prefer Get on Top, but easily is okay. Um, yeah, I really don't have a lot to say. And it's funny, listen to the lyrics of this. This album was pretty. Was it pretty important to me? I guess it was uh, during you know formative teenage years. But unlike a lot of the other albums, maybe um, 
I have no idea what the lyrics are about or how they would have connected to me. Probably this song didn't really connect to me that much. Yet, you know, overall, I would say it was, you know, one of the, one of the last big albums I listened to while I was in school. Um, from that time. Um, but you know what? Maybe it's okay that the, the lyrics don't mean lots, you know, that I can't perceive them to be like very somber or you know emotionally laden with you know I hate myself and the world sucks or something I don't know you know it's it's not as direct as something like um, Rage Against the Machine or I don't know Nirvana or you know God Help Us Bush or something like that but um no it's, it's fine and maybe the, maybe the album album like this is all the better for that that it doesn't you know, it's aged a little better than being... I mean, the band were never necessarily... You know, to talk about issues, all right, but... On a personal level, but they, they don't really... Or at least the lyrics don't necessarily go too on the nose, and maybe it's all the better for that. And Porcelain, I always felt like this song was longer than it was. Um, but I think it's just because it's a pretty slow number. It's very, very very chill and I kind of vibe with the song actually this time around it's not a song I've ever really disliked before um I probably did skip it a few times before but this time I think as I was walking um and it was by the way this um I've listened to a lot of this album or on this listening it's been outdoors and by the time I finished up this particular song it was getting pretty dark, so I was walking home. So um, I think the vibe of walking home as it was uh, dusk or coming to dusk, um, it was kind of just vibing with the song. And um, it's just, just really a nice little song. I wouldn't say I'm super crazy about it, but I did warm to it a bit more on this listen. And, you know, it doesn't... It's not too long. It clocks in under three minutes. And I actually also thought it kind of... I wondered if there was an element of... Uh, with a placement of a song like this. And when I think about like One Hot Minute with the song P. Which is maybe one of the stronger songs in that album. Well, in that it has direction. And this song has direction. Most of the songs... Any of the songs I've mentioned so far... They know where they're going. Um, but... It just feels like in, like it's the quietest number on this album, but it reminded me of P. I actually thought maybe P was track listed around this point as well, but it's actually track six on One Hot Minute. But um, yeah, it's just a, it's just a nice um, calm down moment. And um, yeah, actually even sonically, it's just a really, just listen to this on the headphones, it's just a nice... Um, Nice experience. Um, it kind of sometimes feels like it gets a little bit lost with some of the other more boisterous songs around it. But um, no, it's just, just a nice chill out song. And um, yeah, I kind of feel like, I even feel like with the song and maybe to an extent, songs like Easily, they kind of, even though there are bigger songs on this album, 
some of these songs like Easily and Porcelain anyway. Um, and maybe even some of the songs on the second half of this album. But a couple of these songs, especially actually I would say that this song, Easily, and maybe Californication Extend, although, although that's a much bigger song than either of those um, previous two. But it kind of feels like it paved the way for a sound that they went for on at least the next two albums. Okay, so there we have the first half of the album. You know what? I really enjoyed it. It's probably comes as no surprise that I enjoyed it, but I will say it's the strongest um, side A of an album of this band's that I've heard for this podcast so far. And... You know, there's, you know, there's a couple of songs like Californication on a little bit. I wouldn't even say I don't like Californication. It's just, it's a song I hear and I'm like, okay. But, you know, even songs like that, and it's a, it was a hit single, like, but songs like that have their bright spots. Songs like Easily have their bright spots. Um, in fact, I feel like I kind of did a bit of a disservice when I talked about Easily because there's, a lot of nice little changes, uh, chord progressions and the like throughout that song. But um yeah, I, I really enjoyed this side. Um I always remember that the album felt like it was a little bit front loaded. Um which as I've said before is nothing new with um albums. Sometimes you're not gonna have the biggest single, you know, in, in the latter half or the last song of the album or something like that. But um Look, we're going to get into side B soon, and actually, we're going to get into it now. I'm indoors, so the the actual literal uh, road trip of the first side is going to give way to a more indoors technique. And you know what? Yes, I brought all the equipment out with me. Yes, I'm back indoors, and um, so it's going to be a slightly different audio experience for you folks, but. Nonetheless, we're going to kick off side B with Emmett Remus and I might have called Remus earlier. I don't know. Emmett Remus and then end with Road Trippin'. So yeah, let's go for it. Emmett Remus. Um, yeah, I think this is like after Parallel Universe, this is probably the next in terms of hardest rocking songs. Um, it's not as up-tempo as Parallel Universe or some of the previous songs uh, so far in the track list, but it's just, it's kind of gritty and it's almost kind of grungy, but just on the right side of not being dated. Um yeah, and it feels like it could have been um in a way it feels like it could have been a track one, like it kinda of has a an opener sort of feel to it, but hey it's in theory now it's um it's open up side B. So um yeah, it's a uh, I guess about, you know two people meeting. Um but um I feel like I don't have a lot to say about it. I like it. I always like the vibe of it. Um, 
and um, it seems to be like just about a guy and a girl. She's English. She's American. Obviously, it's about. I I actually read that this is a party about um Anthony and a brief relationship we had with Mel C of the Spice Girls, but um. I kind of I should have read that already because I try not to read anything before I go into these, um, this these albums, but um, aside from that, I would just say it's just a, a, a fling. It, it actually does have that vibe of a fling. Summertime, um, London, and yeah, it's just a it's a fling, but. Lyrically, it never feels like it's, a, or not lyrically, musically, it never really feels like it's a, anything necessarily, you know, the one that got away or anything like that. It's just, it's just a song with a fairly steady kind of pace to it. And um, it's almost forgettable lyric-wise, I'd almost say, that the, the music is stronger. But um, yeah, I like it. That's uh, right, like Dirt, this song always kind of flew by. Um, and I, you know, the lyrics went by so quickly. I always just got the, the chorus bit. Um, okay. It's, it's a, it's a fine little ditty. It's a bit of a Hendrix jam vibe to it, but I do like it kind of goes into a couple of different, um, tangents without ever losing focus. Um, yeah, I, I like dirt. I, it's catching, of course. Um. And the rest of it is fine. Um, I need. I think I need the guitar, guitar workers to stand out on this. I even think actually, so far, I mean, I, I don't like to attribute the album to one particular person. Some sometimes an album, you listen, especially if it's a kind of a, a group collaboration. You, some people, or members, stand out more than others, or come to the forefront in a way that maybe wasn't evident before i'm not saying john Frusciante's work wasn't excellent before but i do really feel like a lot of what he's doing in this album both from a guitar and vocal point of view and bringing whatever song writing abilities does come to the fore and just helps drive songs especially i think a song like this and even something like um porcelain just little textures there and i know Arguably, that could be some of the production on Rick Rubin's side, but I just feel that I feel like it's what John is bringing to the team, not necessarily what Rick Rubin brings. Um, so yeah, good for him and good for the band. Um, this Velvet Glove is a song I I enjoy enough. Um, I do get into a bit of an issue with the album, which I kind of foresaw coming up in that. I like the second side or the second half of this album, but I definitely felt, and I, even before I got into the side A or B kind of thing, I always felt like this album was a bit front-loaded. Um, and I don't necessarily think any of the songs are bad when we get into the second half. There's certain, like there's some songs I'm not as crazy about as others, but it made me kind of think, and I thought about this sometime afterwards, like after I listened to this album and it became evident to me, or at least I found when I listened to some of the other band's albums, um, are they a singles band? Are they, 
you know, are even though I know I said about other side, but I always feel like other side kind of told that nice line of being just potentially a deeper cut rather than a single. Um, but I kind of feel like there's certain, certain, some artists that, you know, they can have great songs that aren't the singles. And, and you know, that's what apply to a lot of really, really good artists that you can have great songs that aren't the obvious uh, singles. But sometimes I feel with the Red Hot Chili Peppers that they just they falter a little bit on some of the studio tracks, and I don't I don't think a song like this this I'm not necessarily picking on this song, but it does make me feel like you know the album starts off so 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 strong really strong, um, and then I know I've said that before with some of the other albums of theirs I've talked about. Or the first side is stronger, but the single potential, you know, the potential singles or whatever you want to say, weren't as evident in some of those much earlier albums, say the first three or four. But with an album like this, it's kind of their songwriting is much better, much much better. And I mean, look at this stage, some of the the non-single tracks in this definitely can compete with. You know the the best of the tracks that are on the very early albums, and so you know, beat them hands down. But you know, sometimes I just feel like when I listen to some of the songs in the second half, I'm like, there's a potent, there's a part of me that just kind of is not as invested. And there's loads of artists that I like, who, as I said, have tracks on their albums that may not get radio play or be a single and it doesn't necessarily matter to me whether it's a single or not but I guess my point is that this thing is is loaded at the front with what are the obvious standout tracks and some of these other songs I don't care how what instrumentation or whatever in terms of it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to do with verse chorus verse first course it can be experimental as long as it is interesting but i do think that the album fades a little bit as we're getting into a couple of these songs um like this song is fine i just i zone out a little bit and i don't think there's anything necessarily the song is fine it's just i zone out a bit and um you know, I have to keep the positives here. What works, again, the interplay with everybody. And I don't know if I've mentioned it already so far in, an, in anything in this particular episode, but the uh, Anthony singing has really come on a lot. I mean, it, it like, whatever but the songwriting been, you know, getting marginally better as time goes on, his singing here seems to have taken the leaps and bounds above what was on the previous two, certainly the last album. It just, he sounds more soulful here. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, getting back to the song, I don't know, I just don't have a lot to say about it. It's fine. I think there's a couple of songs here, I'm just like, yeah, they're kind of they kind of lose me a little bit. They're not, they're not again bad songs. I wouldn't even necessarily say they're boring, but compared to, I don't know, compared to how into the first half I was 
a couple of these songs i'm just like okay where's the next fix because some of these songs weren't that interested to me then and they're still not that interested to me some I, i'm kind getting into but others i'm just like yeah I, i'm still not fully digging this one and i think in a way that applies to this velvet glove savior um yeah kind of continue on what i said in the last uh for the last track and i'm going to apply it to this track as well in fact it might be to the rest of the songs well maybe not all of the songs on this side but they're okay songs they're just i drift out a bit and i think it's certainly not bored with the album in terms of what it had been doing earlier and i'm just bored of that energy it's more so a fact i don't think the energy um stays like that throughout what it was earlier um and i still kind of think maybe they are but i'm like as i've been going through these albums and listen to this listen to this album the previous one all, all of the albums up to this point it has made me question how much how into the band i am and whether i'm actually really a fan which is fine i mean i think with something like this you know i don't it's not even that I'm like, do I like this band? Do I like this band? I'm not sitting there really intense. I must like this band or I must not. It has to be one way or the other. And when I listen to one of the albums, I usually just, I don't go ahead. I haven't listened to The Getaway in some time, nor have I listened to I'm With You in a while. But I kind of just listen to, I either will listen to the album that I'm reviewing or one that prior to that maybe. So maybe I'll go back and listen to Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic. But... I kind of do it in terms of a chronological thing that I'm like, where where does the band sit with me now? How like how much am I enjoying each album? And some I've enjoyed a bit more than others, but overall I'd say I mean this is for me the strongest album so far. And if I'm saying something slightly um that could be described as negative, it's just that it doesn't hold my attention as much so far with the last couple of songs. And I'm struggling to say anything without repeating myself. And I will say, even with one hot minute, I kind of came to the point where I was like, maybe I don't really like this band. And that's kind of an interesting um, junction to be at when you're doing a podcast on a band. I mean, I knew, I'd already said from the outset, I think they're an interesting band. And I think some of the material is better than other stuff. But, you know, they kind of, through the music you know with the lineups they've had and even just they're quite animated as a band and then they went through kind of a more uh, you know we're going you're getting into this period now where at least with this album and the next album we kind of see a softer side to the band and certainly with by the way but i think I'm I'm still glad I'm doing this, but it's just, it's interesting because sometimes when I listen to a podcast or listen to something where somebody's talking about their, their love affair with an artist, musically, visionary, whatever, it, it doesn't necessarily become a love fest, but I don't think they walk away saying, I'm not sure about this. I knew with this band I wasn't crazy about them, but at the same time, when I press play on this thing, I'm like, this is the album that kind of got me interested in what came before what was going to come after this album 
and through varying uh, degrees of interest uh, to sometimes none, I kind of wasn't that pushed with some of the some of the material, and you know this is not to say that I've. This is certainly not me calling a day on the podcast. Now I'm going to see this thing out. And even if they, if they did a Taylor Swift and release an album tomorrow, I would still go and, you know, I would certainly like to listen to it and, um, you know, certainly see things out as they, you know, in real time as the band have released output. But it just, it's interesting because it makes me kind of wonder because like I said, I don't listen to these things with like an intent of I have to love this or I have to hate it. Actually, I think that kind of that discourse is used too often. I hear it when people are talking about books, movies, um, anything creative where, you know, there's, you know, especially when it comes to sort of fandom and it's like the idea of it's not really said all that much, but you either love something or you hate it. And or at least that's how it's amplified, certainly on social media. Um, and I will say I've come across maybe some of these albums like I'm not mad about them, but I still see bright spots. And I certainly, I like this album, but I would say I've went from side A where this is this is really good stuff to side B. I'm a bit like, yeah, it's, it's fine, but side A was so strong. And even when I said about Californication, the song, I mean... It's still a an okay song. On a side that is completely towered by other better songs, non non single songs, and when I get to this side, like I like Emmett Remus, but then there's some of these songs. I wouldn't even say I dislike them. They're just, they're just not as, they just feel like a little bit like filler. I have to say, they're not bad. I'm sure there was a lot of intent and hours spent writing the lyrics and all that but they just they just don't seem as interesting and yeah I have to say that an album is only as strong as all the tracks on it not just the, the singles not just the obvious songs um but then I have to say how much like if I listen to say there's some you know there's some albums by a band like Metallica where I, I know that there's weaker songs, but those weaker songs still hold my attention, hold my interest. Um, that's not the case for all Metallica's albums, but I'm I'm just using them as as an example. Or someone like Fleetwood Mac, uh, with something like Rumors, like it has the obvious songs on it, and there's other songs that. Oh, of course, they're probably well known in terms of how much Rumors as as an album is revered, but they're still not as well known and yet the songs are still interesting with some of the songs on this and I would have not like even when I went looked at track listing I could generally with some of the lesser the songs I wasn't as into I was like yeah I know I know how this song goes but just some songs I really was like I want to listen to this again and again and again and that's how I felt with the first half of this and by the second half I'm a bit like okay my interest has waned because the spark has died down a little bit. And that's kind of a little bit of a pity because I mean, I do think it ends strong, the album, but 
yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to talk about this song, I suppose. I'm just kind of getting to a tangent here. It's kind of, I think I said it earlier, it kind of reminds me sometimes, for some reason this song reminded me a little bit of Tin Lizzy, which is weird because there's not really anything Tin Lizzy-ish about. I think it was just the, the big drums kicking in, reminding me of a song like Emerald from Lizzy. But, um, yeah, other than that, um, like, Lyrically, it's fine, um, but it, it, I feel like I've kind of torpedoed this bit because I've just like talked about how I view the band as a whole. But I think it's an okay time to sort of mention that. Um, it's kind of revering a friend or a man, and uh. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that's all I can say about the song because I just went on a little bit of a existential crisis on the podcast. I wouldn't call it a crisis, really. It's just, I think it's a good time to sort of um mention that I could end up coming out of the end of this whole uh, podcast and be like, yeah, I think I'll get rid of all those records. Um, Maybe I won't. But I do think there's some of the, the band's albums that I have that is purely completest and I'm like yeah it's just when you get a bit older and you don't have as much space for these things you're kind of like maybe I'll just get rid of them uh which probably makes this quite a weird kind of thing for a podcast to be kind of like this is about the red hot chili peppers and also it's kind of about me falling out of love with the chili peppers that being said I never said at the start that I'm totally in love with this band so yeah um Oh wait, I will say one thing about this, um, and I didn't, I'm, I'm rereading the lyrics now, I said the lyrics were fine, but they do have a sort of callback to the, talking about um, the band and, uh, you know, like back in the early albums, they were like, we are the Red Hot Chili Peppers, blah, 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 and whatever, and I kind of thought we were past that stage, I thought we were past that, guys, but there is a bit in the, um, near the end where they say we are the Red Hots. And we're loving up the love may nots. But anyway, there they are talking about themselves again. It's kind of like Anthony just couldn't let that go. He just thought, so I wonder in the latter, and I said the latter albums, this is a sort of, this is what, album seven? So, you know, there's still a few albums to go, but we're still kind of talking about We Are The Red Hots and, okay, kind of old school in that way. And there I was about to cash my, um, my California Cajun chips in. And maybe my podcast chips in. And then I listen to Purple Stain. And I realise I actually really like the song. I really do. Um, it's really sonically interesting. I, I think with this song, it always starts in a way that... And it's not because of the lyrics. But it always starts in a way that I kind of feel like I'm not going to be into. And then it feels like it turns into a completely different song. While keeping something... Of a bridge between what it was and what it becomes and it's just it's just a really it's a really good song and i don't know if i am um, ever saw a version of this live i've only seen the band once live but i don't know even having said that, i don't know if i ever saw a version of this live on tv or anything like that but i, I imagine this is a really good live track um and uh yeah, it's actually, it's a really solid, solid number, and, um, 
at first, I think there's just bits like, you know, when it starts, it just, I just thought it was just going to be a dirty sex number. And there's an element of that at the start. But, and of course, it's, it's fine if a little bit robotic. But um, it actually just ends, not even the end. It just, you know, it wins me over. Wins me over with its, its little purple stain charm. And, um, yeah, this might just... Um, be a bit of a surprise for me because a little bit like porcelain there were songs I was like mm, yeah mm, mm. but um, kind of won me over in their own individual ways um, I mean there's some stupid ass lyrics in it up to my ass and alligators let's get on with the alligator haters but you know like look been down the, we've been down this road um, but, uh, what's, who, like I said, with Dracula and Darla Hood, this is again talking about Hollywood, and Hollywood comes out, comes up a lot throughout this album, um, but I, obviously I know what Drac, or who, who that Dracula guy is, Darla Hood is a new one on me, um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's something pop culture from years ago, or maybe I'm completely wrong, probably all screaming at me now, all seven of you, um, Digest. It's probably only two of you listening. But uh yeah. Good song. Good song. I actually kind of uh rediscovered this song has sort of uh picked up my uh my feelings after the last couple of songs. It's funny like that, isn't it? You run through a, a couple of songs that you're not so crazy about, and then it's like, do I really like this? Do I like this album? But uh yeah, I do kind of feel like the likes of I like dirt and this velvet glove and then Savior. So yeah, there's a tree song around that I'm not mad about. And it's just it's just this song wouldn't necessarily purpose saying is, is a much better song. That's all I'm saying. That's my take. There you go. Right on time um is the most disco song on the on the album. It's a you know, it's one of those, you know the way I mentioned about, say, P and Porcelain being kind of, like, similar in terms of how they're, to take that place of that little curio kind of song almost halfway through an album. Well, Right on Time is kind of like um, The Red Hot on Blood Tripper Sex Magic. It's kind of near the end, if not the end of the album, and it's just goes out really quickly and it's kind of funky but I would say this is certainly a lot more discoy than funky um and uh, it was never a song I really was that bothered about it's okay it's fine it's it's so inoffensive now it's here but I do think it's a bit of a filler um and I always remember with uh John Frusciante singing in this it's I always thought it was a little bit I always thought it was a little bit dodgy sometimes just like like like, it's round time. But it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a bit. It felt like it was a bit all free went. But I don't know. I'm just. Maybe not off key, but maybe a little bit flat. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I actually just realised in the lyrics. 
it's looking fine you're looking fine get on 1999 so um you can say it's of its time i guess uh oh yeah and i didn't realize i looked up um side tangent that this album i knew it was released in 99 i didn't realize it was released in may of 99 which feels like i will say certainly when albums that came out after this i was aware of when they were coming out from the band and if I didn't have some purchase, I was already listening to some capacity, at least with the two albums that came after this one. And um, so it feels like I was way off when I got this thing in October. But then, as I said, before my uh, musical education or rock music education was still developing. Road Trippin' finishes off the album and it's like, what a finish. It's it's beautiful it's a great song it's such a good al- or such a good song that it makes you kind of think this album is brilliant and uh, that's not to say that i i think the album is mostly brilliant actually i think the album the brilliance in the album is already there but i'll get into what i think should be cut um but yeah this song is so good i think i mentioned it remind me of crowded house because i think i was listening to a lot of crowded house the year before then and there's a song by them called Into Temptation. And the strings kind of remind me. The strings here remind me of the strings in that song. And um, yeah. It's a. Uh, when I listen to this song. When I listen to the album throughout. The way I have now. It's kind of remind me that. More so in this album. I'd say more so than the next one. Well actually maybe I'll. Renege on that one. But. I do feel like they're trying on different outfits, both old and new. And the song is just more evidence of that. It's just, it's something I haven't really heard them do before. And with strings, no less. I think they may have used strings before. Um, and like the band have always been open to various instruments coming in. But like this track listing here, these songs, they're all quite diverse. And I know I've said that there's some of them I don't like. But for diversification's sake, they're fine but and there's a there is a nice selection of sounds going on with this album um but yeah road trip is such a good song such a dreamy song um i always thought when i listened to and i was thinking about this earlier um just looking here road trip my two favorite allies i always felt like well if the song is written like it could be written about, like, obviously, you know, I'm guessing it's written by Anthony, the lyrics. But even so, whichever band member wrote it, from a lyrical point of view, I always felt like it always should have been Road Trip and my three favourite allies because I always saw it as a, a band unit, and especially if they've been on the road from a touring point of view. But I, I think it's more just about somebody uh, been on the road with... Uh, Two friends, and um, but I, I think I always had in my head. It's like which one of the band members is left out, you guys, <laughs> and um, yeah, obviously I see past that now. But even then, I still am reminded of it. Uh, just the idea of just a road trip, getting lost. It kind of recalls some of the feelings from the f- first half of the album and what we're saying about that that driving album. And I still think it is a driving album, but I think it's more obvious in the first half. Um, and I will say, just um, 
on the uh, on the track listing. Like, I think. I mean, I think the sequencing is generally quite good. I know I said it's front loaded, but look, if you're gonna have strong songs, it's more. It's obvious you're gonna probably put them front and center, especially if you're making an essentially what could be deemed a comeback album. Um, but I do think. 15 songs on this which is not necessarily a bad length but I some of the songs just don't hold my interest so I would probably cut because I think there's three four songs that bring this down quite a bit and I think I would, I would keep Californication the song because whatever it's kind of it's part of the album and look the title track kind of feels like it's a bit remiss of me to say that should go but I would have gotten rid of say I like their if if around the world parallel universe of scar tissue are a powerful tree punch then the the weak tree punch are three three flaccid slap would be I like dirt this velvet glove and savior and it's funny because some of the songs I savior I used to kind of dig and just well have a glove sometimes but i don't know it just didn't work for me this time so i would lose those three mm, probably lose right on time as well um that's yeah so you have four songs there um i mean right right on time is barely a song but it's still there um but then you have a nice maybe well okay keep right on time you have a 12 track album or have an 11 track album fuck it guys just do an 11 track album and um because if there's one thing this band is guilty of is putting everything on the wall and seeing what sticks but uh look this has been really enjoyable actually and i've come out being a fan of a couple of songs i wasn't that mad about and then there's other songs i'm like yeah i had an okay opinion but it's just okay or it's boring or just yeah it's not interesting and um I've really enjoyed this. I stuck with it. I stuck with it. I know it's been a while since I had done the last episode of just life has got in the way, like I said before, but I really wanted to put this together and make it make it special. And I will say this album kind of also we're well over the halfway mark in terms of the podcast, but it also sort of this album served as a bridge because from this album, I got interested in the material prior to this album. Um, and obviously, I was interested. I figured at the time, when I listened to some of the stuff off Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, at the time of listening to this album then, back in 1999, and then listening back to some of the other albums, I was like, I'm not as much into the funky kind of stuff. Which is a funky crime in itself. Funky cream! But... I think I was like, okay, so they released a new album in two thousand two. By the way, I maybe I'm more into the kind of stuff where they mix up genres a bit and yeah, styles. Um, and then well, I'll save the by the way episode for by the way album or vice versa. But um, we'll see. There's very results, I would say. On how I feel about that, but then, you know, we'll we'll get into that. Um, but generally, this was the album that kind of, I'd say, everything else branched off from. 
what came before what comes after and I was interested from then on. I've really enjoyed this listening experience. I'm really enjoying I'm really looking forward to listening to the next few albums because we're in March now and the weather's good and I do think the Chili's lend themselves to being very much um summertime music. Um which is ironic because I, like I said, I first heard this album in October of 1999, which gets pretty dark, at least here in Ireland. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the next episode because I do think it's very much a summer listen and maybe it'll benefit from the summer. Um, and that's really all I have to say on Californication. Uh, what are your thoughts? You know the email address. Um... AndyWarbler at gmail.com and you can catch me on Twitter and Instagram on Over the Bridge and Y Triple D. And uh yeah, it's been fun. Really enjoyed this one. Um we definitely got back on structure after the last one saw me kind of break my own structure. Um but who knows? I think actually for the next uh couple of albums at least maybe not with by the way but i think with stadium arcadium i'm going to try something a little bit different um uh if you have any thoughts on that do let me know i'm thinking of either splitting it up into two parts because i can't see myself having the i don't want to put anyone through uh however long this episode will run i'll need to edit it but however long it runs i don't want to do a two hour kind of thing on stadium arcadium i'm thinking of either splitting it up into two or doing something where I go through the songs really, really quickly. Um, like maybe a 30 second review per track. And just being like, and just give myself 30 seconds max. And just making something really short that would nicely contrast with that album being really long. Um, so yeah, if you have any thoughts on that, do let me know. Or maybe you want, you know, or if you have any, if you have any different thoughts, but yeah. So that's kind of where I see, at least for the next couple of albums, I think, by the way, the format will be very much like this. And like the previous episodes, by our episode six, of course, um, the one hot minute one. And yeah, so I will, I know this one took a while to get going, um, but I really wanted to spend a bit of time just sitting down with this and uh, giving it a fair shake, especially after maybe you one hot minute Fans felt like I threw that one under the bus, maybe even under the bridge. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll get the next one out pretty soon. I reckon it'll be April. Um, and yeah, keep safe, look after yourselves, and until by the way, take care.